this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. They've got a vision and a mission for their life. Father, in the powerful name of Jesus, we come before you so grateful to be your disciples living in 2012 with the word of God alive in our hearts, the Holy Spirit working within us. And God, we love to live, Lord Jesus, on mission, doing what you've called us to. And God, we pray that you would revive us tonight. God, we pray, Lord Jesus, that we would be revival. Lord God, that we right now would live it, that we wouldn't mysteriously wait for it, but that we would become it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. We're in this series called Revivalists, all right? And the idea to revive something is to bring something back to its original purpose, to bring something back to life, to what it's supposed to be. So if your iPod is broken and it's revived, then it's like it used to be, right? If your hairdo is down and it's all messed up and you revive it to excellence, then it becomes great again. Does that make sense? If you get, you know, really out of shape and you should be in shape and you revive your body, you get it back in shape. Does that make sense? That's what revive is. So when you say revival, it's a state of lots of things coming back to its original purpose, all right? And so when we talk about revival in church, we're referring to going back to the original purpose, what Jesus called us to. We want to be revived. And when you look throughout church history, there's lots of times where the church fulfills what it's called, what it's called to, then it goes into a lull, and then something happens. God does something. God always uses people to revive his church. And he, uses, he usually uses people to revive people. In other words, he's the one doing it, but people go, you know what? The way that things are, it's not okay. It's not okay, and I want to go back to what Jesus called the church to be. And so when we're talking about being revivalists, we're talking about you and I being what God's called us to be, and in so doing, leading the church, leading our schools back to what God wants it to be. And so last week we talked about crush your idols and we talked about reviving ourselves by getting Jesus back on the throne. Jesus in first place. That we don't want anything else, anything else to be on the throne of our heart, but we want Jesus to be number one. We want Jesus to be in first place. And so we talked about crushing our idols, destroying the things that are destroying us, making an active decision to crush them. Tonight, I want to talk to you about hearing God's voice. I want to talk to you about hearing the voice of God. When you look at revivalists throughout history, whether you're talking about Wesley or William Booth, and I know some of you guys, you, you see these, or you don't know who they are. William Booth, he, was the, he, he started the Salvation Army. He was a man of God filled with fire. I mean, what the video we just saw would explain him. John Wesley, William Booth, George Whitfield, Hudson Taylor. You can go all the way through church history and look at revivalists, and one key element of revivalists was that they heard the voice of God. And they were confident that they heard God's voice. It's easy for us to be kind of lackluster on if we're sure if he's speaking to us or not. But they were confident. When you look at A.W. Tozer or Moody or Luther, St. Francis of Assisi, there was a confidence that they were communing with God and that God was speaking to them. One of the things I've found as I've talked with high school students over the last number of years is that We think God might be talking to us, but sometimes we lack confidence that it's really his voice. You have so many other voices, so many other things competing for your ears that you lack confidence. You're not sure if it's really God. 
I was at the Atlanta airport uh, a few months ago, and I was standing in the security line, and there was, it was a long line. I mean, it was backed up, and so I was waiting in this extremely long security line, and I'm by myself. I'm about to fly home, Colorado Springs, and I, 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 all of a sudden, amidst all, I mean, the, the, the security line was so long, it zigzagged all the way to, uh, I mean, it was long, long line, zigzagged all the way back, and I could hear a voice that was familiar to me. So I turned around, and I looked, and I just saw faces of people I didn't know. I mean, I, but I was confident. I know, I know that voice. So I turned around again, and I thought, maybe I'm going crazy. You know, maybe I'm becoming schizophrenic or something, and hearing voices. So I turned around, I looked again, and I, I could not see anybody I knew, but I, I could hear a voice. And I mean, I knew this voice. So I began to think to myself, I thought, who, what, what voice is that? And it dawned on me, that's, that's Timothy Keller. That's, that's a preacher that I listen to all the time. I, when, I, when I run, when I work out, I like to listen to, this is one of, the, I listen to preachers all the time. It's one of the things I do. And, and I, since I work out so much, I mean, constant, no, just kidding. <laughs> What are you laughing at? So, so when I listen to my iPod, I listen to different preachers, and I could hear this guy, and I, I go, that's Timothy Keller. I know that that's Timothy Keller. So I turn around, but the truth is, is that when you just, you know, I don't have him downloaded on video on my, on my iPhone. I just have the audio, and so I've never, I have no idea what he looks like. I've never seen him before, never seen a picture of him, never been to his church. It's in New York City. It's in Manhattan. I've never been there. I don't know what he looks like. He could be any, I have no clue what he looks like, but I turn around, and I ju- I know his voice. And so I, just, so I just start telling people, and I can hear it. So I start telling people, I scoot back and I'm like, go ahead, you can go in front of me. And they're like, why? And I'm like, just go ahead, just go. Just don't, don't ask questions. <laughs> and I'm just listening. And, and, and then I mean, once he's about seven or eight people back, I look up and the man is gargantuan. He is huge. He's like 5'9". And I'm like, <laughs> so massively intimidated to talk to him. But I totally recognize him. I'm like, that, for sure, that's Timothy Keller. So I, so I tell everybody, keep going in front of me, and I turn to him, and I look at him, and I'm like, you know, like, hi, are you Timothy Keller? And he's like, yes, I am. And we, I end up getting to talk to him, and we end up kind of going through security, and, and, just, and I just get to talk to this, to this very, very, very excellent preacher. It's phenomenal. So, 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 so I get to talk to him, and the whole way that this whole conversation begins is I just hear the guy's voice, and I know that voice. Why? Because I've listened to it over and over and over again. I've heard it. And when there's all these other voices going, when there's all these other people in the airport just hearing some conversation a ways off because I've listened to that voice so many times, it enabled me to recognize his voice. Jesus said in John 10... He said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. The reality is, is that it's not that God is mute and having a hard time talking. It's that we have a hard time listening. God wants to speak to you. In fact, God is speaking to you. The important thing is, are you with him enough? Have you listened enough where you've exercised the muscle, or you've been able to, where you can hear him when he's speaking. So tonight I want to give you just a few really practical ways for you to hear God's voice so that you can be confident. Even like I was standing in a line, I know that I know that voice. I I don't know what the face is, but I know that voice. And sometimes that's how it is for you and I. 
We haven't seen his face. We haven't seen God's face. But we know his voice. It says that. Peter says that. He says, even though you, don't, you haven't seen him. Peter goes, I've seen him. I know him, as he writes. He goes, but even though, I, even though you haven't seen him, you love him. One of the ways that you will grow in love is if you so know his voice that you hear him amidst all the other distracting voices, all the other things, if you listen, hear his voice. So I want to give you just a few ways to hear God's voice. Number one way that we hear God's voice is through scripture, through the word of God. Everybody, hold up your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, hold up your iPhone. But you can only hold up your iPhone if you have the Bible downloaded on it, if you've got the app, all right? Or, or if you've got your iTouch, you can hold that up too, all right? There it is, okay. There it is, all right. So there it is, okay. Good, but, but listen, you need a real Bible. Bring a real Bible to DSM. Bring one with pages. You can get all, you know, you can, you can get them all sweaty and you can get snot on them and prove, you know. If your battery goes out on your iPhone, or you're, then you're hosed, right? I mean, right, then your Bible goes away. It's stupid, it's dumb, it's like crazy. Anyway, sorry, you got too many staff. Down. But anyway, so bring your Bible. Okay, but here's the deal. If you will open up the scriptures... And listen to God. When you spend time with God, this is the predominant way that we hear the voice of God. This is the number one way. If you'll take time to just listen to God by reading the scriptures, getting the scriptures in you, you'll start to hear God more. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that the word of God, it's, 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 it's useful. It's alive. It's like a double-edged sword. It's not dead. All right? The word of God is alive. And so the number one way I want to encourage you to hear God's voice is to study the scriptures and pray the scriptures. It's one of the things we do in the furnace prayer room. It's one of the things we do here at six o'clock on Wednesday nights is we just take time to just pray the scriptures. Before you came in tonight, those that showed up at six o'clock, we just prayed the Psalms and we just stayed in the Psalms. Here's the deal. If you will actually pray the scriptures, it will become the number one way that you start to remember what they have to say. I spent years of my life as a child and as a teenager memorizing scripture, competing, like in these you know, competitions where you had to memorize scripture. You know what? To this day, those, thing, those scriptures that I memorized for that purpose, I can, I can barely recall any of it. You know what scriptures are alive inside of my heart today? Starting in starting when I was in college, I began to just pray the scriptures in prayer meetings, just like we do here. And today, the number one way that I know the scriptures is just through praying them. Not through trying to memorize them for an academic reason or to compete. It's in conversation. As you turn the scriptures into dialogue with God, then they're not just words on a page. They start to come alive and you'll start to hear God. When you start to read the scriptures, you can connect, even in some of the narratives, some of the stories, you can connect with what God has done with other people. So what God did, if you find your circumstances similar to Moses in a certain situation, or maybe Elijah, or maybe Jonah, or in my case, Zacchaeus, you know, just kidding. You find different people, <laughs> sorry, I don't know, that's a spontaneous joke, anyway, it was dumb. All right, but anyway, for Nico Goliath, right? Okay, so, all right. <laughs> For John, lepers. I mean, but there's lots of them. No, just kidding, all right. No, just kidding, sorry. All right, but there's just different, all through the scripture you find different people. And as you study these scriptures, if you know those, you'll find the Holy Spirit speaking to you through the word of God as you kind of put yourself in these different positions, in these different places. 
and kind of identify with different people in the scriptures, okay? So number one, I want to encourage you is to read the scriptures. And I know many times I've talked to you guys, you sit back, uh, you sit at the, t- at the table and you say, yeah, but it's boring to me. Listen, here's the deal. If you will stick with it as a discipline, I understand. I'm not saying that every single day is this glorious moment. But as you stick with it and you say, God, reveal yourself to me, there are moments where suddenly scriptures that have seemed boring to you or seemed dead to you will leap off the page. It'll just be like, you've heard it before, you've read it before, and this time it's alive. This time it's moving inside of you. It comes alive in your heart. And so, you know, it's like you've heard John three sixteen a million times, but maybe you're reading the scriptures and you're reading and all of a sudden you go, for God so loved the world, and all of a sudden that idea comes alive inside of you. And you've heard it since you were a little kid, but in a moment, even though you've gone over it over and over and over and over again, there's a moment where suddenly the Lord will speak to you and it'll become more than just head knowledge, it'll become heart knowledge. It'll come alive in your heart and it will mean something to you. And you'll start to talk about it. And other people look at you like, bro, uh, we've all known that verse since we were little. And you're like, but he loves us so much. And they're like, I know. I've been singing Jesus loved me since I was a kid. And then you're like, no, but he loves us. John 3, 16, it's alive. And then you'll, he loves me. Ah! I mean, it comes alive inside of you. And all of a sudden, you know, it's just, there's, it's, 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 it's the life of God on a truth, a reality. And God's revealing it to you. And it's not just philosophical. It's, it's, it's alive in your heart. Those conversations with God, those moments where you're reading the word of God, it'll be, there can be times where it's just dry, 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 pow! It's alive. You read, 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 and then something sticks out. And that, I'm, I'm, it's kind of like, I know this is a goofy illustration, but it's like, it's like the old Jack in the Box, you know, and the old toy that little kids have. You don't know when it's going to jump out. Right? And you feel like you're doing it forever. Pow! Right? Does that make sense? In other words, you don't know. But as you, as you read the scriptures, you can be reading and God, I'm telling you, recently I felt like the Lord is speaking to me out of Exodus. Just, I mean, it's just, it's alive right now. And there'll be chapters that seem a little dull. And then I'll sense the Lord speaking, speaking to me. Last week, last week when I talked that whole idea of crush your idols, it was because I'm just reading through Exodus and it just came alive inside my heart. And it was so alive in me, I just wanted to share it with you. But it's not through me kind of going and looking for commentaries and trying to figure out, okay, where you guys are at in this. No, it was just, that was something that the Lord was doing in my own time alone with God. As you read the scriptures, God will sneak up on you. The Holy Spirit will speak to you through his word. Many of you come to me and you say, David, I just feel like I can't hear God. I say, are you, are you reading the scriptures? You say, no. I go, then you don't want to hear God. If you're not reading the scriptures, then you don't have a hunger that demonstrates that you really want to hear his voice. And I know we, we go to a charismatic church and so we kind of like lots of other ways of hearing God and that's cool and that's great and I love those too. But the primary way the way that we, that God gave us is in his word. And if you will be in it, you will hear God more often. If you'll s- stay in it, pray it, turn it into conversation. 
Sometimes you may even just go to the prayer room and hear other people praying it. You may show up at six o'clock and it's alive in someone else and they're praying it and it'll come alive in you. But number one, number one way to hear God's voice, hear God through the scriptures. Number two, hear God in the place of prayer. Choose to pray. If you want to hear God's voice, prayer is just dialoguing with God. It's just communing with him, talking with him. If you want to hear God's voice, become a man, become a woman of prayer. Well, David, I'm 15. David, I'm 16. I know. Like I said, be a man of prayer. Be a woman of prayer. Pursue God. Ask God to speak to you in the place of prayer. Jeremiah 29, 11, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's pretty simple. It's just this. If you will seek, if you will go after him, he wants to be found by you. But you have to seek. You got to pray. Come before God. God, I'm desperate for you. I want you. Hebrews 11.6 says that he rewards those that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder. What does he reward you with? Himself. He'll reward you by speaking to you. Listen. Hearing God. Imagine the dignity that you possess when the God of the universe speaks to you. Just think about that. Just think about the creator God wants to converse, talk, communicate, be with you. Imagine the dignity that Adam and Eve possessed in the garden, walking with God and God speaking to them. Pretty cool, right? Pretty incredible when Yahweh, the God of the ages, talks to Adam, communicates with Adam. Sin enters in the world by Adam's choice and all these other distractions now get in the way from the clutter. They just become clutter and they just keep us from communing with God. One of the most dignified things you can, you can possibly fathom, one of the ways that you can develop great dignity is if you hear God's voice if you hear him not your mom and dad not just someone else preaching or singing a song but you and when you start to gain confidence that God speaks to you you won't need another self-help sermon your self-esteem will go through the roof when you are confident God talks to me ha God of the ages speaks to me, you'll watch. Your confidence will increase. You were created by God to commune with him. And when you allow 10,000 other voices into your life, you start to not know who you are because you're listening to so many other things. But if you'll listen to his voice, if you'll be more singular and I want to hear God, you will find dignity in your own journey. You'll find life when you, when you say, I, I can hear him. John 4 says that he is seeking after worshipers. Those that will worship him in spirit and truth. He's after you. I mean, imagine the dignity that you possess that the God of the ages is after your worship. He's after your heart. He wants you to hear him. He wants to speak to you. It's not usually that he has a talking problem. It's that you have a listening problem. 
He's not a chatterbox like a just... No, I'm not saying that. But as you dialogue with him, he is, he is speaking. He is talking. So I want to encourage you, number one, listen to, the, listen to God through the scriptures. Number two, hear God. Hear God through prayer. And we've got all these different environments, campus prayer meetings, campus groups, prayer here at six o'clock. Got night and day prayer going most of the time over in the furnace prayer room. Choose. Say, you know what? In these hours, I could sit on my iPhone or on my iTouch or on the computer and dialogue and listen to more people on Facebook, more email, more television. But I want to challenge you. Make a cognitive decision. I'm going to push some of those things out and I'm going to go into an environment where they are praying and I want to hear the voice of God. I want to hear him. Sometimes it takes a geographical decision. Instead of going home and going to the computer, I'm going to go to the prayer room. Make the choice. Make the geographical. If you choose, if you choose to hang out in the parking lots from six to seven, you will not pray as much as if you come to the prayer meeting. Brr, obvious. Yeah, but think about it. If you'll put yourself in the environment, it's being strategic. That's the place where you'll be successful. Make a choice. Make a choice. Choose to be at the place where you can dialogue with God, commune with God. So hear God through scripture. Number two, hear God through prayer. Number three, hear God through whispers. Here's what I mean by that. Many times we want a big dramatic moment where we hear God, you know. We want the whole tent to blow over like last week, you know. I feel like we were all going to die. And Tyrell left scared. All right. We, 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 we often look for the big encounter. Right? We want something epic. But when, as, as, as we look at through the scriptures, as we look through church history, as you dialogue with, with people that you know that are after God, most of the time, their experience with God is not big epic moments it's not big God writing on the wall of the tent or you suddenly see John three sixteen in your latte, you know, in the foam or something and you suddenly, you know, see a dove and think, oh, it's a Holy Ghost or whatever. <laughs> Most of the time, it's just small whispers. It's just God speaking to you in the small whisper. I want to read out of 1 Kings. Famous story because this is Elijah and Elijah sees great miracles. But it's interesting when... It, he, it comes to hearing God, 1 Kings 19, verse 11. Just listen to this story. The Lord said, go out and stand on a mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. God was in the whisper. And this is a biblical example that we find. This is God saying, I'm going to speak to my prophet, but I'm going to speak through a whisper. In most of my journey with God, it's rare. It, I, never have I had heard like some kind of audible voice or, you know, it's not mostly some of these kind of grandiose stories that we see on TBN. Most of what we see, most of what's reality 
is just hearing God in small whispers. My own journey, it's, it's God, usually, usually it's, it's difficult. Usually what he speaks is about my character. It's like my, it's like my all, you know, all my kids are crying and I'm starting to go crazy. And, I, and my face is starting to turn red and God says, David, I'm patient. It's when you're sitting in the coffee shop and you see people walking by and the Lord, and, and God says, go talk to him. Most of the time, the prophetic whispers are not huge, epic earthquake, wind, fire. Most of the time, it's God speaking through small whispers. Through just, and it's, but, but the problem is, when you've got all these other things going, all these other voices, you don't hear them. You're not listening. Be with him. Spend time with him. Open up the scriptures. Pray, and you'll start to hear his voice, and you'll be confident that it's his voice. There are moments where I am so confident, where I'm not like willy-nilly nervous about saying, I think this is God. There are moments where I'm saying, I'm confident this is the Lord, because I've heard him. If you will spend time with him, you'll start to hear his voice more often. You'll grow in your confidence that God is speaking to you. It means you have to slow down and listen. Okay, Number four, hear God through dreams and visions. Let me read to you out of Acts chapter 2. Okay, Acts chapter 2 is the day of Pentecost. It's a big moment, right? The church starts. And listen, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. All right? Now listen. God speaks through dreams and visions today. And God will speak to you. God will speak to you in dreams. Now that not all dreams are from God, but there are some dreams that are very clearly from God. If you look throughout the scriptures how often God spoke to people through, the dream, through dreams, it's stunning. He spoke to Joseph, right? Both Josephs, right? Joseph in the Old Testament, Joseph who, mar- who married Mary, right? God's speaking through dreams. God speaks all the time through dreams. You could, I mean, Jacob, you could just go right through the Bible and we find all these times where God speaks through dreams. He gives visions. All throughout the scripture we find places where he's giving Peter a vision. He's giving, he gives people visions all the time. God speaks. He did in the Old Testament and he is doing it today. And God will speak one of the ways that God speaks today is through dreams and visions. Now I know sometimes there's pushback and you go, listen, it's too hard for me to know which dreams are from God and which dreams aren't. That's just like the whispers. Start to record your dreams. Start to write them down and ask God what he's saying to you in your dreams. You'll be surprised how the Lord will start to speak to you through dreams. It is, it's, seriously, it's like, it, 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 Cinemark is so boring compared to going to the movies with God speaking to you. Because you wake up and you record the dreams and it's, it's, it's real and it's God talking. And it's, it's far more than, than Tinseltown could ever do. Because it's, it's Yahweh, it's the God of the ages speaking to you. And you'll watch his dreams hearing God. Your dreams will matter and, it will, and, you'll, and you'll, you'll actually, in addition to you know, just Saturday mornings loving sleep, you'll actually look forward to, I want to hear God and pray. James 4, 2 says we don't have because we don't ask. Start to ask God, God, give me dreams. I've had a file on my computer since 2001 that just says dreams. 
And I've been recording dreams that the Lord's been giving me for the last 11 years. God speaks to me. I make, I make some decisions because I'm confident the Lord gave me a dream. You go, that seems a little bit weird. Listen, welcome to Christianity. No, seriously. God speaks through dreams today. Is every dream from God? No. But let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's not punt on dreams because we have, there's a lot of weird people that say weird things. And there are. There'll be a lot of people that, 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 that you know, will claim things. And you, but you just be, in, you, there's excess in everything. There's weird people everywhere. All right? <laughs> Got an amen on that, all right? There's, if you go to any, any culture, any environment, there's people that are excessive in that. All right? But, but let's not say, well, because some people are so strange when it comes to dreams and visions that we're going to be too cool for that. That's puke. God speaks to people today in dreams. So don't be crazy about it, but learn from God. God, be hungry for it. God, speak to me through a dream. I'm, right, now, I'm, right now, I'm talking with a guy who lives across the country. He's very successful. And he is, he is about to make, li- he's making life decisions because he's got confidence that God is speaking to him through dreams. If I said his name, you'd all know him. But he's confident that God speaks through dreams. You know what? Even talking to him has given me confidence to say to DSM, let's believe. Let's believe that God is speaking to us through dreams. And we can hear God through dreams. And the last one is this. Sometimes you hear God through others, through other people. One of the times I'm the most confident I ever heard God, I was 17 years old, sitting at a coffee shop with my dad, and I was just distraught about where to go to college. I was a senior, and I was... I had, I had a stack, literally, I mean, probably this high of different universities. And I, I, I mean, I had probably 25 different universities that I was looking at going to. And I would just, I would just thumb through, all, you know, all of these different packets, trying to figure out where I was supposed to go, where God wanted me to go. And all of my friends, and most of them by that time had made their decisions where they were going to go. And I remember just the pressure of just feeling like, I just, I, I, I don't know. And, and I was looking at what, what potential majors and how much money it was going to cost and geographically how far I'd be from home and all those kinds of questions. And I just remember a moment we're sitting there and we're, my dad's just kind of, you know, looking at the gargantuan pack, you know, stack with me, all these packets. And he just said this phrase. I mean, he just kind of leaned over and when my dad talks, he always like, he puts his, he puts his uh, tongue on the top of his lip. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what my dad... And then whenever my dad gets real serious, he'll take his finger and say, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, mm. that's what my dad, and my dad says this, he goes, he goes, you know, maybe you're supposed to make a choice on where to, on what university to go to, not based upon the education, but based upon the community of faith and the passion for God in a church. To most people, that's the dumbest thing they've ever heard. What? Education. Pick, no, you, you pick the school and then you find a church. That's the way most, but when he said it to me, I mean, I can't even tell you. I was just, I knew in my, it was like, it was done. It was just like resonated. It was like, yes, that's it. And so I decided then 
I know which church I want to go to. I know what church I want to go to. It wasn't in our city. And I chose a university that happened to be in that city because I wanted to be a part of that church. And today, the things that God's doing in my heart and my life, it all started by going to that church. The pastor of that church has been the number one predominant influence on my life. Let me tell you something. You'll have moments where someone will say something. Sometimes it's sitting at a coffee shop. Sometimes it'll be, it, it'll be in a sermon. And it'll just come alive. It'll just, that's right. I've told you these stories. It happened to me sitting at Starbucks with Aaron Stern. I was sitting there with Aaron Stern, one of my best friends in the whole world. He just started church last week. And we're sitting there, and, and Aaron Stern, we're just, I mean, sitting there drinking coffee. And Aaron Stern said something that was so pointed to me. It was just, it resonated, and I made a huge life decision to go a different direction. Why? Because my bud, not a dad, just a friend, just a dude. I was just hanging out. We were just talking about, you know, talking about life. But sometimes, and that's why we have all of these different discipleship groups and campus groups. That's why you got to go to campus groups. That's why you need to go because sometimes your friend who's 16 years old will say something and the life of God is on it. And if you're not there, you're not going to hear it. You need, if you'll connect, you'll hear, you'll hear God speak to you through others. You might hear it through a sermon, but a lot of times, sometimes it's in a sermon. And I've had a lot of times where, I've, I mean, a lot of times. That's why I'm so addicted to podcasts. But there's, you'll hear God speak through other people. That's one of, the, one of the great things that being a part of a body like this brings. Is we get to just, all of us are trying to dialogue with God and hear God. And then we just speak it. And there's a big fat word for it that everybody's scared of called prophetic or prophecy. But it's not that scary. It's existed for thousands of years where God speaks to people through his people. God was speaking to us through Daniel tonight, right? When Daniel's talking about being revivalist and being bold as lions, there's something inside of us that's going, yeah! There's a prophetic thing that's going on with that one phrase. God's not dead. Surely alive is living on the inside. Roaring like a lion, right? There's something on that. Because there's something in us that goes, God's on that. Yeah. I, don't, I shouldn't be a wimp. I shouldn't be so weak, need, lame, pathetic, puke Christian. I should be bold as a lion. And God's inside of me. And he's running. So if God's inside of me, then why can't I run? There's something alive on that, right? What is that? It's God speaking it to Daniel. And then Daniel proclaiming it, putting it to song, and us declaring it. Listen, this is one of the, this is one of the glorious things about being community of faith. We get to speak the life of God to each other. You don't have to do the whole like, hey, I just sensed like the Lord was saying that you need a haircut. You know, it's not that. It, <laughs> just, just, just let the Lord, the God so alive inside of you that you just say it. I've got times, all the times with my, with my staff or with, with students or DLA where I've, I've sensed that the, the Holy Spirit has said something to me about them, but I don't look at them and say, listen, John, I sense that the Lord was saying this to you. I just say it. And then let it fall where it falls. We don't have to be weird, because then John's like, he has to measure it and like, oh, well, okay. (laughs) Ha! You know, I mean, it's kind of, no, just say it. Just be committed to dialoguing with God and speaking what he tells you to say, and you'll watch. Not only will you start to hear others, but you'll start to help others. Because you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll be filled with the life of God. 
You'll have the word of God alive in your heart. And you will be someone who hears God. We call it prophetic. You'll be prophetic. You'll declare what God's saying. Listen, if there's anything we need in our generation of revivalists, it's prophetic people. They hear God and they say it. You can go right down through these guys, West, Wesley and Whitfield, and they heard God and said it. In fact, that's what John said of Isaiah. When John, in John 10, when he goes back to speak about Isaiah, he says, Isaiah heard God and spoke about it. That's all that a prophet is. You can be prophetic. You just hear God and you speak it. You can hear God through a prophetic voice, through a song, through someone speaking. And, the, and God wants to speak to you. And God wants to speak through you to a generation. Yea, revivalists. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. I'd like to invite Daniel and the band to come on up. And uh, if I could have you guys go ahead and uh, take these uh, signs off. Shh. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to stay quiet. I want to invite Frontline and DLA to come on up here and turn and face everybody else. And I want DSM. I want us tonight, I want us to pray together. If tonight you go, I want to hear God's voice, you know. I, 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 and maybe, maybe it's specific. Maybe it's hear, hear God through the scriptures. Maybe it's hear God through prayer. Maybe tonight you're saying, you know what, I, truthfully, I want to hear God and I want to be a prophetic voice to my generation. Maybe you're in a desperate place and you need to hear God. You're making a big decision. You're like I was my senior year where I felt like I needed to hear God and I was desperate. And you're just like, just, I just want someone to pray for me. I've, I have no idea what God's saying, but I want to hear God. I just want to hear him. I want to hear his voice. I don't know what, what's going on in your heart, but if tonight, if you just say, that's me, I want to hear God, just, just raise your hands like this and let me pray for you. Just raise them up. You go, I want to hear God. Come on, raise them high. Father, we want to hear you. We want to be like little children that we just, we just, we know when you're speaking and we recognize your voice. We want to recognize your voice in the crowd. And we want to know it's you. So Lord Jesus, would you open up our ears, open up our minds, Open up our hearts. Cause the word of God to be alive in us. Holy Spirit, speak to us through your word. Speak to us through prayer. Speak to us through other people, Lord Jesus. We want prophetic whispers. We want to hear your voice. In the still, small voice. We want to hear it, God. Hear what you're saying, Jesus. Truly, God, we want to be really revivalists. We want to hear God. We want to speak what God is speaking. We want to say what God is saying.
because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. 